This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, good morning, Bridgeway. How are we? Good? All right. Well, good to see you again. Thanks for uh, enjoying with me the, uh, the beautiful sunshine. I know Justin's proclaiming that there's going to be snow tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push the other way. Let's pray against that, okay? We don't need another fifth winter. Let's, move, let's just move past that. But, hey, welcome. Um, like Justin said, I'm Pastor Mike. I'm one of the pastors on staff here and excited just to share with you today a little bit that's about my heart and what the Spirit's kind of laid on me to share with you today. Um, I don't know if you have had the opportunity to be with us over the past month or you're just joining us for the first time today, but there's been a lot going on here. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to pause for a second and just say thank you because there are a ton of volunteers that make all of these things possible. Bridgeway, our mission here is to help spiritually hungry people turn into fully devoted followers of Jesus. And each of these pieces that you're a part of is helping make that happen. So everything from this past weekend where we had a Good Friday service, just talking about our service, we had Good Friday service and an Easter service. There were so many of you that were a part of that. Volunteers from our visual audio team, musicians, People working with Jay Seekers, our greeters welcoming you in with their friendly smiles and giving you a cup of coffee and a cookie, to the ushers that are standing at the door just making sure you find a, a place to seat in the service. And that's just our services. There's volunteers helping with our tech, with our social media, with our women's life that you just heard about a second ago, with our men's life, volunteers helping lead groups and our student ministries and Rooted. Not to mention all the volunteers outside of our walls, serving at Degage and Renucci House and Kids Hope and Hand to Hand and North Kent Connect and, and beyond when we talk about volunteering and partnering with our global partners. And you can catch up with all of those right outside the room on our wall as well. There is just so many different ways that you are all volunteering and making this community happen. And the worst part about this is I probably forgot one. <laughs> so thank you as well, those that I missed it is awesome because there's, there's something about the volunteers here that have just caught the vision of helping us to turn spiritually hungry people into fully devoted flower, followers. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you in the bottom, half of, the bottom of our hearts from Bridgeway. You guys are awesome. And I don't mean to say that we're perfect because we're not. There's, there's a lot of things that we're working on. But, but I love this, that we are people in process together. And we get to become more like Christ together and help each other do that. So this is just a pleasure to be with all of you today, and thank you on behalf of all of us to all of us. Today, we're going we're gonna to jump in today, though, um, into Acts 1. So if you want to grab your Bible, your favorite Bible app, um, if you need one, there's a, there should be one in the seat in front of you. If not, tap on that neighbor's shoulder. There's probably one near them. But go ahead and grab a Bible. Acts 1, 6 through 11 is where we're going to be. And as you're looking for that, um, I just want to give you a little bit of the background. So this story is going to happen 40 days after Easter. I realize we're only a week after Easter, so I'm kind of moving up the timeline on us. But 40 days after Jesus, Jesus um, and has already died, resurrected. If you missed that, if you missed last weekend, go back, check it out. Check out our podcast. Pastor Ron gave great couple messages that you'll want to you'll hear and be encouraged with. But before, before uh, the resurrection happened, before Jesus passed away, he also spent three years training up, preparing his disciples, and pouring into them. He spent a ton of time doing that. And 
And it kind of went something like this, where Jesus would come, he would do a great teaching, or he would do a miracle, or something awesome. And then um, he would explain to all the people, the people would, some of them might get it, some might not. And his disciples would then be like, wait, what? I think I completely missed that. And so then he would teach them again. But he kind of did this over and over where he's just teaching and, and preparing and bringing them to this point. Um, that they are at now where he has now resurrected. He's appeared to them a few more times to prepare them just a little bit more. And that brings us to today without tipping our hand too much on what he's preparing them for. So if you don't mind, if you're able um, and willing, would you stand with me just for the reading of God's word? We do this from time to time just to acknowledge the authorship of the word and the authority of the Bible. I want to do that today um, as we read this together. So Acts 1, 6 through 11. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he... Uh, was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the skies he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Thank you. You can have a seat. We're going to go back to verse 6 here and kind of work through these, these five verses together. So they've come through this time, right? I just laid this framework. And all over this time, they have been occupied by Rome. And they have not loved any moment of that. Um, so they've been pretty, pretty frustrated by that. But this is, this is their question. And I think that they kind of know that, you know, maybe we're getting to the end of our time here with Jesus. Um, and this is the last question that they ask him in verse 6. So they say, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, Jesus, like, are you about to kick Rome's butt yet? Like, is this going to happen? When are we doing this? I've been walking with you for three years. Uh, uh, even longer than that, we've been under Rome's rule, and, and it's been a long time. Are we there yet? Have we arrived yet? And that's the question. That's the, that's the question that they're asking. Are we there yet? Have we arrived at the point of what we're trying to accomplish, of what we hope is going to happen? Now, I don't know if any of you are parents in the room. We got any parents in the room? Just a few of us. Raise their hands proud. Perfect. Um, the rest of us have all been in a vehicle, right? Have you been in a vehicle before? Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so this happens, I believe, in every vehicle. It doesn't matter if you're going for a three-minute drive or a 24-hour drive, uh, that this, this happens every time. And um, sorry, Pastor Justin, if I tip your hand on any of your, your tricks and trade that you use on your, uh, your student trips. But I was on a student trip a while back. We were heading to West Virginia. We're loaded up in a vehicle and all heading there. And we get an hour into the trip, one hour. And um, one of the students comes up and they, they find me. And they're like, hey, are we there yet? And I'm like, without even taking a breath, I'm just like, 20 minutes. We'll be there in 20 minutes. 
And they're all excited. They're running back. They run back to their friends. They're like, yes, 20 minutes till we get there. An hour later, hey, I'm not very good with telling time, but uh, it's, you know, been an hour. Like, are we there yet? <laughs> 20 minutes. 20 minutes till we get there. And then I just kind of repeat this, and eventually, you know, I get about, you know, halfway through the trip, and they're just no longer asking me the same question. They're just eye-rolling at me like, are we there yet? They're, like, trying to ask people around me, and I'm still piping up, 20 minutes. And I think that they hate me at this point. But really what I want to be saying in the car or on the way there is I want to say, yes, actually we are there. Because I believe whenever I go on a trip, the trip starts as soon as we leave the house. It's not... When we get there, it's the whole journey. And I love Jesus because he is so gifted at, uh, I think, even at speaking. But just knowing, like, obviously he just knows. He knows what to say next. And, and I think his answer is even better than mine to them. See, in verse 7, he says this to them. He says, it's not for you to know the time or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. Basically, it's not for you to know. Don't worry about it. This isn't what you should be concerned about. Let God be concerned about these things. And maybe you're still wrestling with that question a little bit. Why would God, why would God just not tell them? Why wouldn't he just say, hey, you know, it's going to be 2,000 years or longer from now that, uh, <clears throat> that things are going to change for you? Why didn't he give them that answer? My speculation would be, because I'm not God, right, but... Now, my speculation would be that maybe he just wanted them to be focused on what they need to be doing. Or maybe he knew that the information wouldn't actually help them. Or maybe it's simply not theirs to know. I mean, we have this infinite God, right? I imagine there's a few details that I don't know or don't need to know. Or that, honestly, I probably just can't even stuff in my brain because my brain has a hard time holding details anyways. That with an infinite God, I can, I can release these things to him, knowing that he is infinite, has everything in his hands, and he's big enough to handle all these things and to know when we need to know. Although that doesn't necessarily always make it easier. Verse 8, let's go back to these verses. So, uh, verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. So he follows up this don't worry about it with the because. You don't need to know right now, but what you do need to focus on, what you do need to know that is this. You will have the Holy Spirit. This is mission going forward. You will have the power. What power? The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that's living in you. The same power. This is a song that we sing from time to time. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave. We have this power in the Holy Spirit. And it's not the power that the, that the Jews were thinking of. Oh, we're going to go and kick butt. We're going to dominate. We're going to take over all these people. It's not that power. That's not the, the power that we're talking about here of conquering for us. But rather to do what he says in the second half of that verse. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You will be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem, to share what they saw, heard, and experienced, and were taught. I think sometimes we think we have to go to Bible school before you can use the name Jesus or before you can even talk about him. We're like, oh, man, I, you know, that's for the seminary people. or That's, that's the people that went to, you know, Bible college. That They're the ones that, that can talk about who Jesus is. But I believe that it's, it's for all of us. You can, talk to, you can talk about what God's been doing to, in you, to your friends, through your group, through youth group, on your missions trip, or in your quiet times, or when you're serving, or when you're giving, or when you're out and you're walking just with Jesus, and you're having, an, having a conversation with him. You can share this with people. See, they were sent to be witnesses of what Jesus did in their own lives, and he did a great work in them. And I believe God has done a great work in me, and I believe he's done it in you as well. I had a couple groups actually just follow up with me. Um, one group, they, uh, they went through Rooted recently. Rooted is a, um, a study that we did together this, earlier this year, and just talked about the rhythms of being a Christian. And one of the rhythms that they really grabbed a hold of was, the, uh, it was just prayer. And so we set up a prayer experience for, for us all at church where you could go through that. Um, you could go through as a group or individually. And they, they loved it so much because of connecting to the one with power that, that they did it. They set up their own prayer experience again just recently where they were like, you know what? We're going to spend just a little bit more time and we're going to go and we're going to do this thing again. And they loved it so much that um, some members in their group are calling, like, like they've renamed rooms in the person's house that they went to. They're now calling that room the prayer room. Um, and they're just excited about what God's doing in them. And they're sharing this with others. I love that. There's another group um, that just, they went to the, uh, the serve day this spring as well. And they, they connected with Degage, which is a, a ministry in downtown Grand Rapids serving the homeless community. And they were able to serve there. And they made an impact, and then the impact was made on them, where they heard some stories from some of, um, some of the patrons and also the people they were working alongside of, of how God's worked in their lives. In this past week, I'm getting pictures from them again of, hey, we went back down to Degage, and we're, we're serving again. And I'm like, yes. We're getting it. We're stepping in, and we're excited about what God is doing in areas and ministries and rhythms, and we're taking advantage and we're stepping forward. We're not waiting for, for ourselves to be perfect. We're not waiting for the church necessarily to provide a, a next opportunity, but that we're stepping in and we're excited about this. And the best part is that they're sharing it. They're sharing these moments about what God's doing in them, what they're excited about. We've had those experiences. We've had just recently we had six, six people that chose to be baptized because of the work that God's doing in their life. And I love to celebrate that because I love to, I love to see people take steps in faith. And I love it because they continue to share. And that's, that's the challenge. That's what they're saying. Share your story. Share your story. Wow, that was hard to say. Share your story. The story of what God is doing in your life now. And where will you do this? We look in that verse and it says, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So in Jerusalem, they're talking, you know, he's talking right to his disciples. Jerusalem's the city, the capital city, like we're talking people that you're rubbing shoulders with. Right in your city. 
in Judea and Samaria, so in your country, right? In your country and the neighboring country that you don't like. And then to the ends of the earth in their time, the ends of the earth would have been the expanse of the known world, the kind of the Roman Empire. But I think for this it translates to locally, regionally, globally. Locally like Jerusalem, regionally like uh, Judea, and globally like to the ends of the earth. We've got Rockford, we think of the states, even Michigan, and we think globally. So wherever God has us going, we step in and we share these stories. All right, in verse 9, after this, he said he was, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. It's important, it's important in the time of the story that this happened this way. I want to tell you why. Because if you think about it, so Jesus, Jesus died, right? We had that. We just talked about that on Good Friday. Jesus passed away. Jesus died. And then he's, then he's resurrected. He comes back to life. And they think, but they had thought that he was gone, right? So then he comes back three days later. And he starts to appear to them. And they're like, whoa, wait a second. I thought he was gone. Now he's showing up. And when, it, when he would show up, then he would just leave quickly again. It wasn't like a big processional for him to go out. They wouldn't necessarily know that he's even gone. He's just gone. He would disappear. And then he would come back, and then he would go again. But this time, he lets them see him leaving. And so that I think that it's, it's a clear picture of this is, this is clearly me going, and I'm going, um, I'm going to be with the Father. See, I think it's, it's also just a little bit of Jesus foretelling. Like he told us that he was going to do this in Luke 22. If you wanted to look that up, you could. In Luke twenty two sixty nine, 69, he says that he is going to do this. He says, I'm going to go and be seated at the right hand of God. And Jesus doing this, being ascending to heaven, is confirmation. He went. And he is king. So this whole time, this whole period, he's been preparing his disciples. He goes through this terrible suffering and death. He's resurrected. He comes back. He appears to the disciples. All of this has been in preparation for these moments. Jesus ascends and he's seated at the right hand of God. He is now king on the throne again. And everything that he's been planning on working has come to pass. Preparation time is over. Now they had to really know that he was headed out. But I think if we think about this, we think about their context, they might still be thinking about Good Friday. They might just be, you know, a little bit like, wow, did that just happen? Did we just see Jesus go up? And this is what, this is what happens right afterwards that we see them do. We're going to read verse 10 and 11. They were looking intensely up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. All right, here's your teaser alert. Next week, we start a new series called Revelations. I'm so excited because we will talk through Jesus coming back for his church and, and we'll be able to engage with, with the book of Revelations um, and really on this second half of this verse even, 
where he's talking about how he's going to come back in the state. We'll be, able to, we'll be able to engage with all these kinds of questions in these weeks to come. So come back next week and um, engage with us as we jump into the book of Revelation. So I'm going to save that for, for that uh, conversation. But come back with me to the first part of this verse in uh, verse 10. So in verse 10, he says, They were looking intensely up into the sky as he was going. And suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Now, I want to tell you a story or ask you a question. I'm going to ask you just for a little bit of audience participation kind of to get us to this, this thought, this same process of where they might be. Don't worry, you don't have to, to share it with me. But I got a question for you. So my question is, what do you think is the biggest contributor to traffic? What is the biggest reason we have traffic? You can turn to your neighbor. Tell them what you think. What do you think it is? Why do we have so much traffic? Anybody say lots of people? Just, hey, there's just lots of people. Okay, we got some of those. Anybody say crashes? No crashes, all right. Anybody say construction? Because I don't know if you know this. Uh, we are almost into construction season here in Michigan. We have just two seasons, winter and construction. We're almost there. Um, any other good ideas out there? Anybody say gawkers? <laughs> That's where I think. I don't, I don't know. I looked all over in the inter interwebs to try and find this, and there's like one person said it was this thing, one person said it was the other thing, then the insurance company said it was the other thing, and it was like, okay, Somebody just needs to do a study, so this is my challenge for you. Somebody go do a study for this so I can know what's the biggest reason for traffic. I think it is gawkers, though. I mean, if you look at it, we're either gawking at the crash that just happened, we're gawking at the beautiful deer on the side of the road, or we're gawking at the funny cat video on my phone that I probably shouldn't be looking at anyways. But if we think about it, when something happens, it's something that's worthy of catching my attention it might be natural that that's what happens. Is I'm like, whoa, I don't see this all the time. Like people getting taken up into the sky. Like that's kind of awesome. Not to mention, you know, Jesus left and I thought he was gone, but then he came back. And then I thought he was gone and then he came back. Like, are you coming back? Is he coming back? Like, is he coming back right now? I, mean, I wonder if they're elbowing each other. Hey, Five bucks says he's coming back in five minutes. And they're like just waiting there. I don't know what they're doing. But like they're just, they're chilling for a second. I don't know how long it is. Like is this seconds? Is this minutes? Is this hours? Like are they standing there for days? It doesn't tell us. But it's clearly long enough that they needed a little prodding because you get verse 11, right? Or the end of verse 10 and verse 11. Where in verse 10 it says, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Um, and, and they say, men of Galilee... Why do you stand here looking into the sky? They needed a little bit of prodding. And they're coming and they're like, hey, listen, Jesus already told you what to do. He spent three years with you. Then he came back and he told you again what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to go do it locally, regionally, globally. He went through all this. And now it's your time. And we went through a list of things at the beginning of this sermon about just what's been happening in the last month, and I went quick through it. What did you think? Were you gawking? 
Were you waiting for what's next? Or have you, did you forget that we already talked about that? Have you already blown past and you're already on to the next adventure? Or you're like, man, I'm getting hungry. Like, I haven't had breakfast. And, Mike, we got to be close, right? Or maybe what your next purchase is going to be. Are you watching, waiting? Have you forgotten or you've already blown past when you hear something, when you hear this story about the resurrection and ultimately the ascension? Are we still watching? Are we still waiting? Have we already forgotten that he, he ascended and did these awesome things? Have we blown past it? Because we're sitting in the traffic jam of life. And, you know, when, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but when I'm in a traffic jam, like, I start to forget my destination. And I just start to focus on my problems immediately. Like, wow, I really should have stopped at Chick-fil-A. Like, there was one right back there. This would have been a perfect time. I should have got off. Should have got me some Chick-fil-A. I love that stuff. Oh, it's Sunday. I can't have Chick-fil-A. Here we go. Or I start to focus on, wow, I've got three rascals in the car, and they really have to go to the bathroom, right? Like, i got to focus on this problem. I'm no longer worried about getting to our destination. I'm just trying to survive the next five minutes, right? Like, I start to focus on the immediates, and I start to focus on the things that I'm thinking of now. I'm like, man, you know what would really solve this whole problem of traffic is if I just had my personal flying. Like, I get so distracted on the other things. I don't even, I'm not even thinking about my destination or my mission anymore. I'm focused on here. I get focused in, and I need a prodding as well. Say, hey, stop watching. Stop getting distracted. Stop waiting for what's, what's going to happen. You're already on mission. Let's do this. So what should, what should we be doing? What should we be doing? I think we should be, we should be doing three things, and Jesus kind of has talked about these, kind of baked these in a little bit. Um, we should be remembering. We should be remembering what Jesus did, the experiences that we've heard, we've, we've seen in our own lives. We should be remembering what he's done in us. We should be listening to what Jesus has said in the word, but also to the Spirit's prodding. And we should also be sharing what we witnessed. See, they're in the middle of a transition. Transitions can spur on crazy new things, right? Jesus leaves, and we're like, no. But we have the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's coming for them. But we already have him. The Holy Spirit is with us. And, and the church then starts from that. Crazy new good things can start. But sometimes in transitions, they can be a reason to stop. We get distracted, right? Like we were talking about, we get distracted on the goals of this world. They get distracted. In you know, verse 6, they're focused on the ruler. And they're like, wait, aren't you supposed to like kick somebody out and like put us in power now? It's our turn. Like they're getting distracted on that goal. And they've spent all this time with Jesus so they should know like this is the mission. So to combat that, we want to remember, we want to listen, we want to continue to share and to be witnesses. So are we there yet? Yes. Yes, we are. I'm going to wrap up here. And as I do, if I can have the, the worship team start making their way up. 
I believe this. I believe that, you know, in our transition, this has been, this has been passed down to us. We had, the, we had Jesus who was training the disciples. The disciples trained their disciples and have passed it down over generations. And it's our time now. This story of Jesus, this book all about him, these experiences and the knowledge that we have been given of the ascended King Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's alive and well in you and I now. We don't have to wait 20 more minutes. We don't have to wait and be gawking. He has empowered us. He has given you his spirit. He's given you his word. And he's given you his people. And we are here together to step forward together, to go and be witnesses of what we've seen, heard, and experienced through the Holy Spirit and his work in, his life, in your life. So that's my challenge as, we, as we're going to step out today. Go and be witnesses of what you've seen, what you've heard and experienced. The Holy Spirit's work in your life. Let me pray for us. Wow, God, thank you so much for last weekend as we remembered what you did for us by sending your son Jesus to die and pay the price for our sins. Because of your love for us, you did this. You sent your son. You defeated death. You defeated death through the resurrection and finally ascending Finally, you, you took Jesus up to be with you and to be the king. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the power that you have and the power that is in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for encouraging us to share what we've witnessed. Jesus, you are worthy of our praise as our king. Spirit, I ask you to just be with us now as we go and as we share. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.